All right, great news, everybody. Jim, who I often co-host the Vortex Nation podcast with, has been cheating on me. Now, you might know Jim spends an awful lot of time over at Vortex Edge. Now, Vortex Edge, that's our in-house firearms and training facility where we have a team of professional instructors who conduct all sorts of in-person firearms-related classes, from, from carbine classes to pistol classes to home defense. They cover it all. Now, there's no substitute for in-person training, but how do you scale it? How do you get all this amazing knowledge these instructors have out to the masses? You do that by starting the Vortex Edge podcast. That's right. Jim's been cheating on me by starting a whole nother podcast, the Vortex Edge podcast. It launches January 19 of 2023. You can check it out on all the major podcast platforms. You can check it out on the Vortex Edge YouTube channel. It's got a ton of great information. I suggest you give it a listen, whether you're ultra experienced or just getting started in your firearms journey. There's something for everybody. Check it out. Don't quit checking out the Vortex Nation podcast, but also check out the Vortex Edge podcast. And uh, we're now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. What is up, everybody? Got a pretty full house today, Jim. Jim to my right. Welcome. I'm here. And uh, across from us, we have Chris and Liam. So usually it's kind of like a two-on-one. It's two-on-two. I don't like I don't like how uh, evenly matched it is right now, Jim. I like to have you know that, that advantage. I also don't like that I really don't have access to the three sweet firearms that are on the table here. Like I feel like the advantage quickly is also to be else. across the table, which I will mention, bolts are back, mags are out. Everything's empty. So, all those things. Yep. <clears throat> For the three people that might have commented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we can save the comment section. Well, it so. saves them time, too. That's a time saver. It is, yeah. Go to another video to comment on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're talking... Uh, oh, safety. Oh, what right. oh. We're talking about uh, one of my favorite things today, Jim. Mid-magnification... Rifle scopes. What, you're looking at me with like a level of skepticism right now. Yeah, I am. Why? Because everybody, you're not fooling anyone, Mark. You've been podcasting here for the last, what, five years? Everyone knows you like high mag rifles. All scopes. of it. No. All of it. As big as it, it, as, no. big as it comes. Oh, what do no. you guys, you guys offer a three-day, t- oh, there's a five to 25? Yeah, never mind, forget the three-day 18 might as well not exist. No, that's you labeling me. That's hey, are you? Is what it is? Yeah, mm. because I love mid mag rifle scopes. That's what's on most of my guns are mid mag rifle scopes. Why? Because I find them so versatile. Well, okay then. One could say universal. Yes, exactly. I think. Well, I don't. I think they do all the things pretty darn good. So, I'm also going to. Uh, well, Liam. So it's been it's been a minute since we've yeah. had you on the podcast, Chris. Actually, it's been a minute since we've had you two. So for everybody listening who may not may not be familiar with Liam and Chris, we'll go my right to left. Liam, just give us a brief little little hit who you are, what you're up to. Yeah, uh, I'm Liam. I'm a uh, product manager uh, in marketing, and I mostly handle all of the tactical stuff, uh, red dots, LPVOs, mid mag stuff, um, and even the the higher mag stuff as long as it kind of falls out of the hunting world. Um, 
just from my background, I have a lot more experience in that um, area. So I've been really fortunate and trusted to kind of, um, you know, take care of all those products and it's really fun. So Mr. Chris. Hey guys, my name is Chris and uh, I've been at Vortex now for two years and a couple months. Um, You know, I've got time with guns like this for the better part of, you know, almost a decade and a half military time and uh, law enforcement time. I spent a lot of team, uh, a lot of time on a, on a SWAT team in Charlotte um, where, you know, we ran guns like this and yeah. So, and, I, and I've been here instructing full time for two, two years plus now. Yep. Awesome. We got to describe the guns on the table too here real quick for those who are just listening right now, because we have <clears throat> there. Well, actually basically, Hey, Hey, brought to you by uh, the folks at Daniel defense. <laughs> Not actually, these are personally totally coincidental and Chris. But they are big fans, and there's a bolt-action rifle here with a pretty exciting scope on it. There's also an AR in 18-inch fashion with the same pretty exciting scope on it. We're going to get into that. And then you also have a 16-inch AR with, is that a Razor 1 to 10 on it? It is. Chris? Um, So, you know, that's kind of, it starts on the low power end, but it goes up to the mid mag end, which is kind of interesting, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But the two ARs, I would say fall within the category that you know some of those who are in the the realm of the tactical world and they know all the acronyms and things would call an SPR or a DMR which is special purpose yep rifle and designated marksman rifle, rifle. correct yep i yeah even i get mixed up in the alphabet soup but there's special in the name. There's designated in the name. These are very exclusive terms. These imply sort of like one specific application, maybe. And the optics that you have on top of them, I think, are, are very much within that same package. If somebody hears the term uh, SPR or DMR, they oftentimes will think of a relatively mid-mag rifle scope, something with, you know, you see here on this, I'll just say it, it's the Strike Eagle 3 to 18. It's got a tall elevation turret it's got some of the more long-range accoutrement if you will but it's smaller and lighter weight and therefore it fits better on top of an ar maybe not better is not necessarily the right word because you know anything can fit on an ar but it it is easier to carry around and a little bit more slick so to speak so i think the question we're going to get at is are these really special purpose rifle scopes do they kind of only have one niche niche whatever or are they more universal? Like Chris used the term. Do we want to create a new rifle, the Uper? The universal Ooh, yes. purpose rifle. Yes, you heard it here first, folks. The Uper. Comes the with, Uper. A, comes with yep. an accent and everything. Yep. An accent, a lot of maple syrup. Mm. It is interesting, though, because you bring up, Jim, like, I guess, the uh, applications where they're used with these exclusive names, but also it, it kind of contradicts how universal and versatile. Well, and I think the, the whole point, it, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because, you know, Chris, you've got experience actually using these in some sort of a, you know, a, a tactical role that, you know, wasn't just sort of LARPing and stuff. And um, Liam, you've had more experience you've around companies that have sold these types of items, too. Um, but, like, the guy or who, the person carrying this is sort of intended to be a little bit of a do-it-all Person, right? Right. So the 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 very first introduction to to like the the Mark Twelve type of SPR uh, kind of setup that I had was I was part of a, a two man team that went to Afghanistan in two thousand four, and so just because I was like the boot in the team or the newer guy, I got handed you know 
basically what was an 18-inch M16, a Knight's gun with, you know, a, a uh, what was at the time an LVPO. You know what I mean? So it was my first ever introduction to Magnified Optics, and I was like, what? Like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I had just been shooting iron-sided guns through boot camp, and, you know, I we were issued eight cogs when we got to the fleet and, you know, fixed power one to four optic. So... To have that be the first gun and kind of just like, here, go learn this and, and be good at it. It, it, it was kind of a, a trial by fire a little bit. But uh, in any case, it, it did give us a little bit more of a capability. So you, it, it, it allowed us to stretch the capability of, of you know, an accurized like 77-inch grain 5.56 cartridge. It let us group them a little tighter and maybe reach out a little further than we would have with just regular M855, 5.56, you know, the 62-grain steel penetrator bullet. But... I was actually pretty impressed with those guns, and it did increase our capability overall, I would say. And then kind of the graduation of that is when, when our team came back from Afghanistan. Those guns kind of stuck around, but they weren't necessarily the assistant team leader gun. They just, like, the, the team size in, increased uh, prior to our next deployment. So it was just kind of like one of those things that just one of the guys had. I remember, like, a couple of our, our radio guys uh, had them just to be able to, like, uh, talk and be able to engage things at longer distance with the 556 and also like talk talk to air or other other assets but it, it was a gun that just one of us had in our little six to eight man team you know what i mean it, it wasn't really oh don't forget the spr like we have to have that like no like guys you know it, it became more the, the focus became more on like making sure that this was out on a on a patrol with us than just dude everyone has to have an m4 like a couple of us have to have two or threes and like everyone just needs to be a shooter at some point. You know what I mean? Because that, that's kind of the, what the, what the, what the fight was for us. Um, kind of circa, you know, 2005, like we just need guns in the fight. It doesn't have to be like something like this. And plus we were like fighting in, in cities and, you know, and doing all sorts of stuff. So the, the, the need for like a, uh, like an 18 power, 15 power really, really quite wasn't there. Um, but we had them because sometimes our missions included like watching main roads Right. And, and, and making sure that people were replacing IEDs. So, yeah, that it, it was really nice to be able to have something like this kind of out there to, to comp, kind of complement like a really accurate bolt gun that had something with a much higher magnification on it. So interesting. So like in some ways, like the application was more specialized in a way because it was less needed, but like often Right. Needed, I right. guess. Well, that's that's kind of the funny thing about anytime you have something that's universal. I think of, well, hey, we did a tires podcast, and we go back to we we're talking about all season tires, which are basically no season tires, you know, because yep. they're like okay at everything, but not really good mm-hmm. at anything. And so I'm not obviously saying that about a, a brand new optic of ours. I'm not saying that it's you know okay at everything and not good at, uh, but uh, that would be foolish. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think that anytime you have something that's super universal, it's kind of like. There will be, it's undoubtedly so, that there will be other things that are better at, you know, if you're in a city, we're talking very sort of mill-le tense here right now, but if you're in a city, a red dot is going to be far, or a holographic site, whatever it is, going to be far more uh, intuitive, easy to use in those close quarters then will be a 3 to 18 with maybe, now granted you do have a red dot, which is offset, which I think is like the total right way to run this uh, Strike Eagle 3-18 on an AR like this, and we can get into that too. But, you know, it's just a little bit, it's a little heavier, it's a little longer, stuff like that. But also then all of a sudden, let's say you come to, I, I don't know, I'm even, I'm 
making up a situation in my head, but you come to city limits, you come to a main road, you come to whatever, and all of a sudden that you have a much more greater expanse. That's where you're like, oh shoot, this red dot was awesome until now. Right. Meanwhile, right. the guy who's got the universal application is kind of like, you know what, I had to deal with this during that time. But now we find ourselves in a situation where you guys are all with your really specialized equipment. You're all like, oh, we're kind of up a creek a little bit. Right. And now I'm okay. You know, so you're always sort of feeling all right. Yeah. And, you know, now you fast forward, like I, I talked about, like my time, like uh, in the Middle East, right? But if you fast forward, my now, now you enter into my, like my SWAT time, like between like 08 and let's say 14, where, yeah, I had to like, I was on the hook for watching the perimeter of a house, making sure that, you know, no one was escaping or no one was trying to get in while the guys were, were making entry. Um, and specifically like on, on, on supporting of, um, in support of like active shooter situations where now I have to provide long cover for elements that are dumping in the rooms and, and, and clearing kind of as we go, or for moving the contact and suddenly like we have a very finite target that presents itself. And, and dude, there, those guys are like, you know, a lot of times are looking at you like, Hey, you need to step up here and maybe take this shot. Uh, not to say that, you know, someone with like a, a magnifier and a red dot can't take a shot like that, but man, it's really nice to have this capability kind of organic to a team that's that's going into that situation right and then you're you're the guy you you post up and you take that really accurate shot with something you know like a three to eight a 318 like that we have here it's it's a very nice capability to have it's actually very comforting you mm-hmm. know what i mean and so you're you, you yourself accept that now could you just dial this thing three power and 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 just look for color if a target presented itself, and, and by by color, I of course re- refer to the red in in the illuminated reticle. Like, could I just like at set, at like five yards and in, just see red out of that reticle and, and engage? Absolutely. I mean, I I, I trust myself. I, I know that the guys out there can do that. But having the ability to magnify and 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 ramp up magnification so I can take maybe a longer shot, more precise shot in support of that kind of operation, I think is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing more, more and more these days. Like, like just the need to be able to support, um, you know, the, the, the assaulters, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it comes back to kind of the role of the DMR, the designated marksman right. in, in its, uh, in a squad anyway. Right. Like, right. um, you know, the big difference between a sniper and a DMR is a sniper is working a very specific job, right. has very different skills, where um, a designated marksman is attached to a unit and they're providing cover. They're providing effective fire longer than, um, you know, the normal squad guys. So they're, you know, able to engage six, 600 yards, three to 600 right. yards, something like that. Um, and just giving accurate, repeatable fire in you know, that's kind of the difference between something like this and the razor, right? Like um, the reticle is such a huge advantage in something like this, where you have a much more compli- complex reticle that provides really accurate holdovers, windage holdovers, things like that. Um, whereas this is more of a, you know, kind of CQB fighting rifle um, type thing where it's pretty much oriented to fast firing um, yep. in speed. So, yeah. And by mm-hmm. this, Liam's talking about the, the 1 to 10 versus yeah. mm-hmm. the 3 yep. to 18. Yep. 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 I mean, it's, it's, been sh- it's been shown that you can you can run these guns as as guns pretty hard across the board, up close and, and pretty far away. But, I mean, the different applications and the different magnica- magnification levels that are, are available in the two optics, I think, make, make them kind of unique to each other. One of the things that maybe gets overlooked, too, is now I realize the size difference is notable, but Folks overseas and domestically have been running fixed power three, four, five, six, seven x mm-hmm. optics for a long time, and they run them on fourteen five inch guns, and they run them 
in close proximity to their targets. And like I said, usually those are shorter and squatter in terms of length. They're not maybe going hanging out over the, the handguard a little bit like you have with a rifle scope. But here you have the ability to go down to three power. And then with that offset red dot, you have something very similar to like what a lot of people run with the fixed power optic. Right. But you can just... I can kind pick of, and choose. You can vary it. You can pick right. and choose it. And and so, you know, if anybody is able to run those things quite quickly, and even with their usually compromise when it comes to eye relief and eye box and all that stuff, I mean, these have really forgiving eye relief, really forgiving eye mm-hmm. box. And, you know, you can still run that red dot with yep. it too. So, And I think the ability to be dialed in, like say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be on a perimeter, right? Like dialed up all the way. I would be trying to keep like my guys and like, the door and like more information available to me. So enter three power. I mean, I, I think it's golden. You know what I mean? I remember finding myself like on a perimeter and, and, and being only having four X available. And it's like, dang, dude, this might be a little hot right now. You know what I mean? So uh, having a three and the red dot is, is, is huge. And, you know, say like a, a, a really precise target does present itself and I dial up, but then like dude moves and now he's like running down an alley or something. I can quickly transition and having options like that is, is just huge. Um, I was all, always, always, always about having options, man. I, having, I, I can't have too many options. You know what I mean? So the red dot offset with the with the magnification level that is available in that three to eighteen is pretty cool. Yeah, and I think you know, as far as this new optic, the Strike Eagle in three to eighteen, it's a first focal plane optic, which really helps um, for the uh, having those subtensions correct all the way through the magnification, um, and then also having exposed elevation turret. Um, that locks. That locks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, again, kind of made for a very quick adjustment, super fast um, and accurate adjustments as well on the fly. So you have kind of two options to quickly make an adjustment. If say that person is moving further away from you, you know you can use your reticle or you can actually dial. And it also has parallax. Um, another thing that you know lpvos most lpvos don't have mm-hmm. um just those big differences this is much more designed for something of a precision use but the weight and the size kind of lend itself more towards being dynamic as i like to think of it and by dynamic dynamic i mean not on a bench not just yeah. you know shooting groups from the bench this is really made for hard use you know running gun type of stuff but when you need to stretch out further than maybe what you're comfortable with the LPVO, it gives you a lot of options um, mm-hmm. and a lot more capability. Well, that's why you guys cap the windage too on this one. I mean, the Strike Eagle five to twenty five has both exposed elevation and windage turret, and that's because it is much more of lock- like a that are locking. Yeah, they are locking, but you know that's much more of a in the prone on a bench type gun, more stationary. Whereas this thing, being that you're going to be moving it around a little bit more, we save some weight. We save some, I don't know what the word is, width, I'll just say. It's streamlined. It's more streamlined. You don't have to worry about even though the turrets are locking. Let's say you pop them out to make an adjustment. You didn't pop it back in. You just don't have to worry about that at all. With the cap, wouldn't you turret, it's more of a set it and forget it. It's Everything about this scope was designed to be more of that universal application. Yeah, not, I shouldn't have brought in the all-season targets. It's far, far different than all-season targets. It's way better than that. <laughs> so much better. You were just, you were clamoring to get some sort of car. It's been a while. I know, Jim. I did. Yeah. And then it's coming back to bite me in the butt because it's so much better. But it is, it is, it was designed around a much more universal application. Yeah. And know? I think, I think <laughs> the only thing really that, quote, makes this, you know, that makes this optic, quote, tactical is the reticle. But 
this would be a fantastic hunting rifle to hunting scope mm-hmm. too. I mean, it's pretty lightweight, has all the features that you'd want. Good magnification uh, range for you know Midwest Western type hunting, and the illumination is really bright, so it's going to be, I think, a pretty good hunting rifle hunting yeah. optic too. For sure. I I mean that three to eighteen mag range to me is just like a super sweet spot. I mean, even when I've shot my quotation mark longer range stuff, you know, which, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you know, seven, eight, nine thousand yards, oftentimes even at a thousand, like I find myself, I'm backed off on 18. So like, I just, I love that as a top end, but with that low end of three, like you guys are talking about the field of view that you get, you know, mm-hmm. if you need to be watching multiple things at once, potentially, um, yeah, that's not at all really that dissimilar from what Chris was describing. You're talking about hunting scenario. I mean, you want to be able to see a lot uh, mm-hmm. through the optic to be able to just get a point of reference or, or even just understand where you're at once you look through that rifle scope. But um, what was I thinking about? We were just talking about uh, we were talking about a hunting application, and it was related to that. Can you believe I was thinking about hunting stuff? I know. Uh, I'm actually. That's kind of why I'm at a loss right now, Jim. <laughs> yeah, that must be why it escaped me so easily. Take it back. Like, ah, you know, brings like I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gone. Yeah. Get rid of that it. Must be it. I'm sure it'll come back to me. But yeah, I mean, this does oh. fit so well on an AR. Like, I, you know, partic- not even particularly, but like, you know, like coyote hunting or something like this. It'd be, it'd be money, man. I remember it wasn't about hunting, Mark. Sorry, it was about <laughs> another thing that. Uh, we've tried once and we weren't exactly amazing at it. It's PRS shooting and like oh, uh, com- yeah. competition long range shooting. I think we've said this before on the podcast, you know, so not to be like a broken record, but I, a lot of these competitive shooters out there, they'll have something like, you know, the four and a half 27. Of course, now there's a six to 36 and you have all of that top end magnification, but really often, I think there's even been surveys done where people ask uh, that ask competitors what magnification they spend the most time on. And I think it is right around 18 power. It's like 14 to 18 power. Because it's, I mean, if you magnify a target 18 times, that's considerable. You, you know, a steel target or something like that, you know, some 20-inch target at 1,000 yards. It's a classic distance, of course, to talk about in long range. But you that's a lot of magnification with the reticle that you have in there. It's, you know plenty finite to be making really, really accurate engagements at distance. So this thing just straight up as a long-range rifle scope, even if you are looking for something to shoot long-range, but you're like, either it's to save a couple bucks, I don't know, over the 525, or it's to save weight. Certainly you're going to do that. Size and weight is, I'd say, the biggest savings you're going to get over going up to the 525. You know, and you want it to be, hey, I want to be able to hit the range. I want to be able to go hunting with this rifle because I've got a really nice shooting 6.5 Creed or 308 that I know I can go hunting with, but I can shoot precision stuff with. Then instead of getting two rifles or having two different optics that you're switching out and zeroing with different ammo and all that stuff, and every time you take it on and off, you got to re-zero it. Instead of doing that, you get this thing, and you can do everything with it. It's just yeah. it's that's so nice. Well, and, and you know you're like oh you know the five twenty five is a little bit more expensive, but to me it's like I'm actually getting more for less because I value that this me personally right, but I yeah. value that low end of three more than the high end of 25. Yeah. Yep. It's very nice, man. Um, yeah. We've got a, a 6.5 ADM gun. Sorry, 5 to 25. Yeah. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm shocked. I'm sorry you had to find I'm out this sh- way. It's def- oh. The 5 to 25 will definitely leave you a bad review or comment on this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Swiping left on Mark. <laughs> yeah, 5 to 25. Sure. Is- but uh, we've got a, a, an ADM gas gun down there that shoots 6.5. And 
I we sh- we regularly take that thing out to twelve fifty. But all of us across the board, if you look at our glass, it's only dialed up to like fifteen, eighteen power. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't think I, I just don't like being able to appreciate how like much my high blood pressure is affecting the, the optic <laughs> on twenty five X. Sometimes you know I mean? it's like too much. Yeah, it's like ah, yeah. uh, this is not gonna be not gonna be a good shot. So I just yeah. back it off, man, and and suddenly like my wobble zone doesn't seem so sucky. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I I, I, prefer, I, agree, I prefer a less mag because I want to feel better about myself. Yes, there you exactly. Go. You brought up yeah. an interesting point about the low end magnification mark, which is something I think a lot of times people always ask when they look at a rifle scope. They're like, "Well, how high can it go in magnification? How high can it go? How high can it go?" And they don't always think about how low can it go. You know, so you get whether it's when you go out and you look at a three to nine versus a four to twelve. You know, it's just a straight up regular hunting optic, and they're like, "Well, the four to twelve can go up to twelve, so I want that one." And I get three and four on the low end aren't a huge difference, but I mean, I think I can tell a bigger difference going from 1x to 2x, 2x to 3x, 3x to 4x. I can tell a bigger difference between, I guess, 1x magnification at the low end than I can going 22 to 23x. If somebody goes like, okay, close your eyes, open them, that's 22x. Close your eyes, open them, that's 23x. I'd be like, they look the same. It'd be like the office meme. It's the same picture. (laughs) But when you do that on the low end, you're like, oh, no, that's that's notable. Mm -hmm. We went from 2 to 3. That's it seems more considerable. So when you go like from being able to only go down to 5X to being able to only go down to 3X, you're like, oh, yeah, I can actually see oh, yeah. a good bit more. And Yeah, your field of view is going to be a lot a lot wider too. And you're not yeah. going to have, um, you know, as you dial up on those high magnification optics, the light, the amount of light you're getting in the, into the optical system just decreases too. So yeah. it's really nice to have these mid-mag optics because they kind of provide again universal they kind of flirt in between all of the things that you'd want to do with it mm-hmm. you know it, and it kind of accomplishes a lot of the things right so on a 16 to 18 inch gun it kind of fits perfectly you know it, it certainly doesn't look out of place either you know yeah. what i mean like it's just like yeah. like I said it fits really good and we're talking and we've been talking about you know dialing and long range you know the top end of 18 to me very adequate for long range stuff uh, 34 millimeter tube on this guy, immense amount of travel, lot of travel. for dialing. Yep, it's usually nice for the type of guns it's going on. Yep. Well, it gives you a lot more range, right? Like if yeah. you can put it on something like this 223 gun and you know shoot 62 all the way up to 77 grain, just fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. This thing groups nice at at 100 yards, especially like it shoots way better suppressed. But that's probably another topic. But you can go all the way. I mean, like I said, we, we throw this thing on six fives, man, and it just ding and steal at twelve fifty, mm-hmm. almost effortlessly. You know what I mean? It's, the it's just the six great. five gas gun has definitely changed things a lot. You know, like the amount of travel I'm thinking is really nice on a two twenty three and a three oh eight. You know, getting out to those near four figure distances, and of course now there's six five Creed mm-hmm. gas guns that run really well. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, I had this the extra travel is still just a really nice thing, but yeah. it is pretty impressive how far you can get with. Uh, uh, with those, they look good on both guns too, Liam. Yeah, yes, they do. Agreed, for sure. Yeah, and especially like for a caliber like five five six, you know your your drops past three to four hundred yards start getting exponentially larger. So having a ton of travel really helps for dialing out those for right. those different distances right. for sure. And then I'm on the bolt gun, you know, bolt gun, it sits tall enough on there, clear the bolt. It's just a sixteen inch three hundred eight, so. You know, it kind of doesn't fall 
in the typical DMR, you know, most DMRs are gas guns, but I think this is a great example of something that kind of fits a crossover, sort of like the optic, you know, it's a 16 inch bolt gun, uh, small enough, it's not light, but it's small enough and maneuverable enough to, you know, kind of be that dynamic shooter, yep. move around, um, but it has the capabilities um, to reach out at really great distances so it's a super accurate rifle yeah that thing for like a police application in my experience would be like ideal you know what i mean like if you can if you can get the reli- the reliability and accuracy out of a 16 inch platform with a 3 to 18 on it i think it's it's money yeah yeah especially any kind of like urban or suburban right. environment it's gonna it's gonna yeah, be maneuverable perfect. Like, it's it's small concealable so you don't you know you can like hide it in a pack and just, you know, go about your business and build your hide or whatever you're doing. And I, I think it's great, man. Yeah. For sure. Especially yeah. with three on the low end of magnification. Oh, for sure. You have a lot of, you can see so much. Yeah. This one comes with a throw lever, right? Just like the, yes. the 3 18 mm-hmm. does it just like the five to 25 yep. comes with a throw lever, yep. which when you've got that really flexible three to 18 power again is, is really nice to be able to do so quickly. Yeah, for sure. What I like about I was going to comment on this uh, maybe later, but like it, it, it offers you enough resistance to where like the wind isn't going to blow it out of magnification wherever you have it set up. But it's also it gives you really smooth travel all the way through your your magnification range. Mm-hmm. I I actually really like it. Just it's it's very user friendly. It's easy to kind of run magnification up and down. And yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and then the other cool, cool thing that it comes with is a rev stop system. So. That just helps you when you're dialing a lot. Helps you return to zero. Doesn't let you go past. So it it does. Um, you know, again, it's taking all of those considerations for precision long range shooters, and kind of just shrinking the package down and making it lightweight and maneuverable. Mm-hmm. And that really helps. Um, you know, kind of the everyday kind of person shoot better yeah. and long and at longer ranges. Yep. So what I'm doing now is like I'm I'm dialing all the elevations. I'm I've got. I'm all, I don't know, 20, 30 mils 45, up. Yep. 45. 45, wow. And so now, so I'm all the way up there, and like, how do I return to zero? Well, like Glenn was saying, the rev stop just allows you to just turn until you get to one mil below zero, and then you just dial up your, your mil up back up to zero, and you lock it down, you're back at zero, just like that. You know what I mean? It's yeah, one mil or point easy. five, Liam? Or it's 0.5, yeah. 0.5. Point right. All right. Yep. So 0.5, yep. Clarification. Yep. What, but it's uh, it's very very nice. I do man. love that rep stop. It's so easy. It's so easy. So easy to set, and it's really lightweight. And it's and it's and, and dare I say it's marine proof as far as installation Ooh. goes. Like it tells you how to do it on the rep That's stop. Part of the reason we yeah. keep you around, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, to test. Well, product. I mean, it's like instructions ins- written in crayon. Insert turn <laughs> turn to right. Yeah. Tell yeah. stop. Yeah. I mean, like and it even says yeah. it on the actual yeah. piece itself. And you don't use. Too many words because few word do trick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is everything that happened with this scope is like what when we've talked about lightweight hunting with lightweight Dave. It's it's like he went in and and did what he does to his pack to this scope because mm-hmm. you ask you ask a, a shooter, hey, for an all around application, do you really need to have this exposed windage turret? Yes or no? And then you're like really prod them. Like no, okay, we're gonna cap it. Do you really need over 20x magnification. No. All right, we're going to cap it at 18. You know, you just, like, find what you can make do with, and and that's what you have there, which is really slick. I'm curious what you guys think, because we have the Razor 1 to 10 on the table. We've, we've alluded to it a couple of times, because it's in sort of almost... 
it's almost like a between mid mag rifle scope and low power variable optic because it sort of does both. Yeah, it's got its foot in both camps. Can I back it you? It does. Can I back you up one sec? You may. Jim, about yes. About things that you might not need. It's got <laughs> yes. a it's got a forty four millimeter objective on it. Oh, which I think a lot of people gotta have that fifty. Which I I have scopes. I have a lot of scopes. I have fifty. I know you, know you do. I mean? You love that. 50. Um, but. Again, it's a, it was an area where they were able to streamline just yeah. the form factor of the yeah. scope and probably shave some weight. And especially on something that is going to sit most likely on a gun like this, you know, having a huge objective bell means you have to have super tall mounts. And tall mounts, I think, are great for red dots and things like that. But when you really want to get in the prone or do some precision work, having that mm-hmm. optic as low to the bore is, is a lot more um, favorable. And before someone asks if we're going to come out with a 50 millimeter version, do realize that optical engineers go through and they optimize the entire thing. There's more than two lenses in this rifle scope. So they what? optimize the whole thing inside to work with the 44 millimeter objective, such that if you were to just slap a 50 millimeter objective onto everything all else similar, it would be worse. It would literally make it worse. So I'm I'm saying that because okay if you're like all right we need a 50 millimeter because I don't care and I just need more light whatever and then that would take an entire redesign and your end result really may not be any different at all these things are very much optimized so I think that's just an important thing to note because that objective lens size in this case we knew you kind of go into an optical design knowing things that you want if you want a shorter smaller more svelte scope. You're like, okay, we know we want to hit that 44 millimeter objective size. We design everything else kind of around that and a few other fixed parameters, you know. So it's, it is what it is because it works really, really well. I just like to throw that in there because I figure, you know, if you can answer some of the comments before the comments happen, then yeah, talk about efficiency. Preemptive comment strike. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Whoa. Can I go on to the Razor One to Ten thing? Please do because well, because I'm curious what you guys think. The three to eighteen that you have mounted up on this this Mark Twelve, I'll, I'll get into the the Mark nomenclature. Is that's M K, not M A R K Mark. Right, but oh, if you say M K Twelve, then you're gonna get made fun Canceled. of. Canceled. Yeah, don't yeah. don't do that. Yeah, right, don't say that. Mark Twelve. I'll say it. So it's a Mark Twelve. So the three to eighteen that you have mounted up on that rifle, it's an eighteen inch AR for those who are mm-hmm. again just listening. You haven't mounted up with that offset red dot. Kind of talked about that a little bit. You can cant the gun, boom, red dot. I mean, and it and it is just, you cant the gun a little bit, and granted, it takes a little getting used to how the gun is positioned, but it's a red dot. It's right there. You use it like a red dot. So you sort of have, with some asterisks attached, you got one power with your red dot, and then you have 3 to 18. So you don't have 1 to 18. You have 1 and then 3 to 18. Whereas with the Razor 1 to 10, of course, we've got a little bit shorter, a little bit smaller rifle scope still. But you have 1 to 10. What do you guys think is causing someone to choose one over the other? I realize there's a lot of variables at play with that question because you got different reticles, you got sort of different things going on. But what do you think? I think it's a lot to do with the objective of how you're going to shoot the gun. You know, I think more people would go to the 1 to 10 who want to buy one optic because when you go to the setup, you're buying two optics, you're buying two optic mounts. Yep. So price and cost and 
um, gathering materials, you know, that's, that's time and money and that's a different factor. Um, and I think if you want to kind of be like one and done, I want to get all of the things that I think I need for what I want to do, i.e. shooting up close and then at a little bit of range, this is probably your go-to, right? Um, the one to 10. Yeah. It's going to be a lot shorter, um, in length. It's, it's not that much lighter, but it's, you know, it's cause the one to 10 is a little bit, a little bit chunky, It's chunky, yeah. but I mean, for good reason, right? It's super bomb proof, you know, things like that. Um, there's always a give and take, but you know, as far as the three to 18 with the, the red dot, um, if you, if you plan on having your, um, rifle set up to shoot distance and shoot precision more often, I think that's your go-to because you're probably not going to have the scope at three very often would be my guess. I would think that you'd have it higher magnification because you're going to most likely be engaging distances at further uh, yardage. And then, you know, if to get onto the one X on that setup on the uh, Mark 12, it's a lot faster than dialing down from a magnification. Mm -hmm. It's just a turn, right? A physical turn, not a turn of the magnification. I don't know, Chris. What do you think? Yeah, no. I the first ten power I've ever, I was ever exposed to was like the original Unertle that was on our M forty eight ones, and like, man, that 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 thing, it it got the job done in many ways, but it made it a little harder than it probably needed to be. And then, of course, with the advent of modern technology, man, like a, a ten power ten power scopes now are just so so awesome. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm with I'm with you, man. Like I I understand that having an like an AR like this is not necessarily accurized. Where like the Mark 12 barrel is going to be a heavier profile barrel, um, it's 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 meant to take that that two two three round five five six round like further down range, right? Um, give you a little more velocity with the with the barrel being a little longer than you know 16 inch barrel. Can they are are they comparable like 500 and in? Like are you going to get the same results? Yeah, probably. But beyond that, that's when I think. I think you start to see the stark differences in, in in between the two platforms. And then of course, if your intent is to go beyond that. I would I would favor the three to eighteen all day. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you know everyone's different. Everyone's skill level is different. Um, everyone's you know even eyesight is different. Right. But I think in generalities, this is a one to three hundred or one to three hundred fifty yard gun, very very easily. And this is a three to six hundred yard gun very easily. So again, everyone's different. Everyone's skill set is different. Mm. Everyone's shooting. Um, I'd say that's you know, that, that's pretty conservative. Different. I'd yep. say that's conservative. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's looking at sort of that's taking into account most every shooter. Yeah, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. and it's was, always you have to you have to check because I mean we're surrounded here at Vortex by like really good shooters who take one X optics out to six hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Right, you know right. I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I will say I love the fact that an optic like the Razor one to ten with a low end of one is in the conversation of mid-mag rifle scopes. Like, think, I mean, let's think, I mean, like, we, I think we take that for granted. Yep. It yeah. was not that many years ago when, like, oh, a one to four, that's pretty cool. It yeah. wasn't, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And well, then, I don't even think a one to eight is in, the, is in this conversation. The fact that it goes up to 10, I don't know what it is magical. Maybe it's double digits, you know, or something like that. But I think the I fact agree. that it goes up to 10, there's something very unique about, Ten power is this tipping point where you're like, oh yeah, Ooh, wow. like well, people start to like I don't take know if a it's step more, back. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know if it's a bit placebo or what, but it's. I kind of think of it as you know your traditional hunting optic is a three to nine. I, I was just, right? just going to say the and, exact and same I, thing, and I would bet a lot of people would say a three to nine is a mid power 
optic. And so say, once yeah. you go to 10, it's sort of like, well, now it's definitely in the conversation. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. Well, there would be a lot of people who would look at the Razor 1 and 10 and be like, I'd never put that on a hunting rifle. But it'd be a fantastic hunting rifle. <laughs> it would be optic. great. Yeah. yeah. Especially here in the Midwest, like, that, this would be a fantastic hunting optic. Mm-hmm. 100%. We do see it more and more, I'd say. Yeah. One to, one to something's on, on whitetail hunting guns. Mm-hmm. Didn't Brennan have a one to six on his? On his, gun? yeah, on his lever gun. One to six yeah. on like his grandpa's old lever yeah, gun. Which I think is yeah. great. You know, <laughs> yeah, that that vid is definitely on Instagram, and it was one of our best videos. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I think when we went counting out in Nebraska, isn't that what you had on your AR? I did. Yeah. I had a one to ten. I tell you what, we had a perfect example of it. I remember we first spotted those coyotes after many days of trudging around in negative like fifty degree with wind chill weather. Uh, we spotted coyotes at like 1,400 yards and I could see them on 10 power and then we called them in, they came running, we couldn't see them for a while and next thing I knew it popped up at 50 yards and luckily I was on like 3 power by that point because I figured it'd be close and took the shot within 2 seconds of seeing the thing and it was down. I mean, it was just just like that. So, I mean, that is a perfect hunting example of where mid-mag reigns supreme. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. But then you can take that same gun. You're like, oh, I went coyote hunting with it. Now I'm going to do this with it. I'm going to do that with yep. it. You know, like if you yeah. find yourself in some sort of interior environment, great. Crank it down to one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're both, you know, fantastic optics. Um, both have a very, very uh, specific role, but are also pretty versatile. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what I like about it. You really, either of these setups, you could just pick it up and go into literally any environment and probably do what you need to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. are there things that might be better in specific situations? Yes. But if I'm going to pick one thing up for, like, yeah. all the things, it's going to yeah. be something like this. If, I, if I'm if i either a department or, an ind- or, like, just a dude with a budget and I need one optic to be able to cover all of the things, I'm, I'm definitely going here, I think. Yeah. I think that's just it. I don't think we're surprising anybody by saying what we're saying right now because yeah. I think that's what everybody goes into – Anything mid, you know, yeah. like they go into it knowing, okay, there's going to be compromises. But you just have to be super, super honest with yourself in what you're actually going to yeah. do. And that, I mean, if I think if I think if everyone really was truly honest with themselves about what they're actually going to do with a certain, you know, rifle or whatever it is, and this rifle we're talking about, there would be far, far, far more people with three to somethings, two to somethings, four to somethings. Uh, that mid-mag rifle scope. There'd be far more people with it. And I think it's funny because all the time we get to see the numbers. Generally speaking, within a family, like the Strike Eagle is a family of rifle scopes, we'll sell a lot of one-to-somethings of it, and we'll sell a ton of whatever is the highest. And then the ones in the middle, usually the numbers, I'm not saying that they're like, it's a drop off a cliff, but usually it's the lowest. You look at it and you're like, the lowest number of optics was that one, and I think that's just, I think it's because people have, you know, maybe it's a FOMO thing or whatever, but they're like, oh, if I get that, then I won't have one power or I won't have 25 or 30 power, whatever it is. But it's pretty, it's pretty slick for just about everything. Yeah. I think people in general are just like in one camp or the other or yeah. want one extreme or the other. But if you, if you, like you said, if you stopped and, and took a, a very hard and honest look at what your application will be. I think something like a 3D18 is just like an ideal kind of like range where you're going to get a lot of usability for a lot of different um, and unique 
uh, applications. Mm. You know what I mean? Over something that's super hot or something that's maybe a little too low. Yeah. Or fixed power, let's say. Yeah, for sure. You know I mean? And, you know, not to get Doomsday Prepper on you, but, like, <laughs> if you really take a Please do. honest, like, look at where you live and what kind of environment you're in, even, you know, like, what's outside my front door? What are the ranges outside my front door? What are the type of shots that I would possibly take? Yep. I think you'd find that, hey, uh, <laughs> something in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that in that same vein, I mean, I don't live in a concrete jungle with high-rise apartments right. everywhere where I'm going to have to be like, you know, every single move I make, I'm only going to be able to see 20 yards. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't live there. But in the Harry Red Dawn, Doomsday, Zombie, whatever scenario, I'm going to want to be able to move around quite a lot and yep. be pretty dynamic. Yeah. So, you know, I think I, that's that's kind of another aspect to think about. So, well, I mean, I lived in a, I mean, Charlotte isn't like the biggest city, but I mean, it's it's basically a concrete jungle. It's surrounded by wooded area. Yeah. And in even in and of itself had a lot of wooded area that, that surrounded a lot of the neighborhoods that we were in. And man, having something like like this would have been really nice. You know what I mean? Like having the ability to, to maybe take something internal and inside a building that I can cover long, like I mentioned before, but then also like go through like a wooded movement and have to cover something at distance. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, again, if I was if I was you know uh, budget conscious, I think just picking one optic that would get the job done for me, I, I would absolutely go over something in a three D eighteen for sure. Well, I'd imagine. I mean, I've never had a job where things like that were my job, but we've talked about it before on the podcast as far as the um, the target ID element, too. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like that's given you 100%. Yep. an advantage there as well. Yep. To be able to ID a distance, like, you know, is this guy holding a wallet or you know, is, are they pointing a gun at me, you know what I mean, or, or at, at my team or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Facial expression. Yeah. yeah which way, which sure. way does the door like open? Does right. it open right. left Hinges. or right? Hinges. Yeah. yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, it's like this is the urban and this is the suburban optic. Mm. Boom. Look mm. at you. Done. <laughs> and the 5 to 25 can be the rural. Whatever. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like the country. Oh, yeah. Country boy. Yeah, you out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the optic for the burbs. <laughs> for the suburban rifleman. <laughs> the suburban rifleman. I like that. I love it. Very fitting. Did we miss anything the on Uber. these guys? They're just so the Uper. Honestly, the UP would this would this would be great up there. Yeah. <laughs> Is that going to be in the thumbnail for the for this video? The Uper. Hard to say. Okay. Hard to say. I'm just going to throw that. I'm going to throw that in the hat though. Doesn't somebody actually have the UPR? Isn't that a gun or like a rail system or something? Like that? Am that's, I? That's the U- oh the UPR. UPR. I'm thinking of the UPR. UPR. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, the yeah, Magpul yeah. stock. I think UPR. Stock. We need to look into. I bet Magpul would have UPR. It's notably different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Trademark. I Boom. Think I also I, I will say as a person who is a transplant and if you're if you're outside of the Midwest like you're not going to know what a Uper is. Come on, you don't think so? No way. Uper? I knew a guy when I lived in uh Nebraska, he was like from that neck of the woods and he would always bring I'm like what the hell are you talking about, dude? Really? Yeah, that wouldn't be like a universal thing. You would know, explain it. A Uper it just well, UP is the upper peninsula. Right. Which is technically Michigan, which we won't we won't fault them for up there because they are connected to Wisconsin. It's sort of like they wanted to secede from Michigan. Michigan wouldn't let go, but they're like, we're going to chill with the Wisconsinites mm-hmm. over here. But usually, I mean, just generally, anybody up there is a Uper, 
And you can usually tell by their various lifestyle choices and their accents and their food preferences. I mean, just about anything. It's well, it's, it's a regional thing. It's a regional thing. But yeah, the, the Upper Peninsula of that's what it probably to. than some of the nicest people you ever meet. Would you call it a vibe? I also would. I'd say it's a, it's a vibe. Okay. Usually, when you call some, I don't know. I like people from the UP. I I think they would enjoy being called nice, but I also think that they would enjoy us clarifying that they're not exactly the type of people that you want to just roll in there and be like, "Hey, I heard that you guys are really nice," you know, because you wouldn't also want to mess with a Uper. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to surprise them. No, you don't want to surprise them. So there you go. I didn't want. I just I, I, I want to offer impersonate. some clarification. I didn't yeah, want to yeah, do yeah. like an impersonation right, because, you know, then, because then it would be it would be bad, and somebody would you know get mad at me. And that's the thing. I don't want to have a yeah. I don't want to have a bunch of youpers mad at me. Yeah, that that would be but good. The youpers should check out the UPR, the Universal Purpose Rifle. That's right. There you go. The youper. We've changed it. It's universal. Yep. Yeah. Might be a little too late to if only impact the packaging. If only maybe. all season tires were as good. Yeah. yeah, this is way better than all season. This tires. is so oh, much for better. Sure. This is so much better. Way more fun than one of the few universal too. things that actually works. Well, I would say another advantage is, like personally, like I find the more you run like a gun, the more familiar you get with that gun, and you just get good at shooting that gun. Yeah, and this you'd be able to run one gun for like a lot of things. It would also be. I hate recommending that though, because I never want to recommend that a person buys less guns, because that's no fun either. Yeah, get more guns. Get, buy as guns. many guns as you want. I mean, is as buy as many guns as you can fit in your house. But then at the, the same time, you, you can have a favorite. Yeah. Okay. I have you know. Or go to if you want. Yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. Go to. Maybe yeah. Maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. Because like I don't want. I also in the same but like I don't want to discount like you know we're like oh yeah you know the the six to thirty six, that's awesome for what it does too. The six to thirty six became a six to thirty six because of like a lot of customer input in wanting six right. to thirty six for that specific application. So I feel like we're like been kind of like down talk magnification, but like everything. No, that's, that's why there's a lot because Mark, options. We're we're in life. marketing. We're trying to talk about a new product right now, so we need to you know really talk it up. Oh okay. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So by but this, we're not uh, just we're not actually blowing smoke. It's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real to me. Damn it. But then again, you know, a little side thing here is if if you're not familiar with reading a reticle or dialing or, um, you know, learning how to adjust for mills or MOA, this would be a great scope to learn that on too because the the magnification range isn't huge. You're going to be able to use it on pretty much any gun and the um, exposed elevation turret will definitely help you and make it easier to learn kind of dialing stuff. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, we talked that it's got a capped one inch, which I love. Um, I'm never going to dial one in the field. True, Dad. But it's an exposed <laughs> locking elevation turret. But, like, I don't want to use the term squatty. But, like, it's not huge at the same time. And I like, like, it's just enough, boom, you can get good purchase. You know, the the the, the clicks are firm and tactile. And, like, I don't know. Like, I just, to me, it's just, like, ergonomically, it's, like, that's exactly what I want. Yeah. I mean, it's as high as the... Uh the adjustment throw lever. the throw lever yeah. yeah i mean yeah and if you were to piggyback like a red dot on this front ring you'd, it'd be fine you'd be it would sit right above it oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i guess how have we not mentioned this yet since we are talking about well i mean we've been talking about a category not we've brought the scope into it but i just gotta say that and i mean yeah i work at vortex 
But the optics on the 3D18, special. Very. The optical quality. And, like, people who are thinking about this, they're, they're going to think about price. And a lot of times we try not to talk about price because it can all of a sudden just create this image in your head of like, oh, it's that price, so I'm just going to associate it with this you know, quality yeah, level yeah, or something yeah. like that, right? But but Or even the name, I think. I mean, or yeah, what whatever family it is, the fan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to look at every rifle scope independently uh, of of all others, even within the same family. And, and I think the Strike Eagle offers like such good rifle scopes at each perspective uh, magnification range and application and all that but each optical system is very unique there's nothing in this rifle scope as far as the optical system goes that is exactly they just ripped it right out of one and stuffed it in the other right it's it's been very uniquely designed and it's 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 fantastic the image quality so good it's very bright it it's incredible yeah i think backing up on your statement is if you're in the market for an optic, go look at it. <laughs> Just period. Right? Like, go look through it. Go look through a bunch of different ones. Go look and compare. You know, um, don't take someone's. You know, listen to people who know more things. But it's going to be fit for you in your eyes. So yep. go actually look at it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the beauties of and you know, this is a shameless vortex edge plug. But like, if you're taking a class with us and you want to see or look through it or or even get some rounds on it, like ask the instructors. You yeah. mean, like, ask us, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm interested in the 318. Is there any way I can look at one? Or maybe shoot some rounds through it. We would be more than happy to do that for you. You know what I mean? Or yep. let you run a drill or two or an iteration of, of uh, a part of the class with this stuff. And, I, and, you know, make your own informed decision. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This would do great at our long-range pipeline. Oh, 100%. We do outdoors, and you'd be able to complete the whole class, mm-hmm. no problem. And, yeah, yeah if you ever want to, if you want to come out and take a class, you could... Hit us up ahead of time. We might be able to help you set something yep. up and and try that out because we have a lot of these three to eighteens down there at the range. So we might be able to set something up for you to try it out, get some great instruction and learning on how to shoot at distance and try yeah. something out. I want to come take the long range pipeline with this boy. You should. Yeah. That fit in as well. Do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, makes a lot of sense to me. Also, I'm going to shoot it a lot probably. You can shoot it whenever you want. Yeah, I'm going to shoot it. Which one is that again, Liam? This is the Delta Five Pro in sixteen inches three hundred eight. Very nice. It's a pro. Is that that? That's that. I think we covered it. I think we did. Need something to do all the things really good? Oh. This thing. Look to the mid-made category. All right. I'm a fan. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Jim, thank you for uh, joining me. Gentlemen. It's been a while. Chris, right? Liam, yep. thanks for being here and all the great knowledge. And, uh Yeah. Look at mid-meg rifle scopes, not like all-season tires. No, they're not. Because they're great. I think we've, they're, yeah. They're great at a lot of things. Yeah, it's true. I feel like we've made that point pretty well now. Yeah. That's the ones that, like, you know. No, like I mean, I, I like, I'm actually, it's more, I'm just consoling myself. Like, I feel like. Sometimes like I'm trying to tell myself that it's okay. You try to articulate something, and then you're like, ah, you know, like you're working right. it through in your head as it's coming out of your mouth, and then sometimes, you know, uh, you right. just kind of get ahead of yourself. You did mention cars, so that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are like, why'd you bring him back? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the only comments we're going to Not Not about the glass. Now, <laughs> no. Nothing yeah. is just like, wow. Give, uh, like minute so-and-so, so like car yeah. reference, really? Yeah. Like, wow. Give give mid-mag optics a chance. Yeah, you know? dude. Check them out. Yeah, man. Because they're, they could 
pretty be rowdy. exactly what you're looking for. Yep. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. If you got any questions, leave them in the comments. Until next time, happy hunting and shooting. Bye. 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 See you guys. All right. That'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, give us a review, or leave a comment. We want to hear what you have to say. If you have a question or topic suggestion, let us know that as well via the Vortex Nation podcast YouTube page or any of Vortex's social platforms. That helps us cover exactly what you want to hear so we can provide the best information to help you with your hunting, shooting, and related activities, and ultimately enjoy them to their fullest potential. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.